good. No, we can have a little banter. A little, a little bit of banter to start off a this wonderful, of wonderful podcast. I can edit whatever. I might leave this in. That's my call as the editor. This is Trevo. <laughs> <laughs> little preview for the audience. Hello. They just drop in. They're just like, where am I? What What are we talking about? Okay. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. We're hi, everybody. This is the Derek Show. Well, my name is Derek. That's that's for sure. And today we're going to talk about the Seeds Mid Autumn Festival Film Festival. I'm here with Tree. Hello. I got oatmeal in my mouth. Very professional. <laughs> what kind of oatmeal? <laughs> I don't know. Some Costco. But but like the brand is supposed to be like organic. One like uh, not one degree and all that stuff. And then some chia seeds from Trader Joe's and raisins. Yeah, man. I gotta have all the all the fixings. You know, keep it spicy without being it spicy. <laughs> Keep it spicy. Tree, I have a question for you. What are you going to be for Halloween? I'm going to recycle the costume I used last year, which is a tiger outfit that um, I used for a friend of mine. My friend Juan, she has this show about these two birds trying to jailbreak the zoo. And <laughs> they their friend, Steve the tiger, comes to, to impart wisdoms onto them. But they think he ate the monkeys at the river that <laughs> uh, he's residing at at the time. Anyhow... I am wearing the costume from that show for a second year in a row. There was a huge backstory to that costume. I love that. Well, that's better than I what I did. I went as mustard as me and my roommate. <laughs> we went as ketchup and mustard for a Halloween party because we, we put it off to the last minute and we didn't know what to do. So we decided, you know, condiments. Condiments are a great way to express our love for this season. Express your zest <laughs> for Ooh, the hot dog that. of Halloween. <laughs> the hot dog that is Halloween. <laughs> okay. Um. Spoopy season. Spoop the season. Spoop. Yes. Spoop. <laughs> Spoop it up. Spoop it up. Spoop it. <laughs> <laughs> this has turned Spoop into a comedy it. show. You're, we are not talking about the film festival at all. Surprise, surprise. You thought, surprise. but you were wrong. Well, Derek, this is last year when I did my um, the Rad Cafe podcast and everyone who's listening. This is not the first episode of uh, Fermented Feelings. We do. It's the first episode of the film, our um, Moffin Talk. We can call this Moffin Talk or whatever it is. Moffin oh, stands yes. for Mid- Mid-Autumn Film Night, which is also, in a sense, a fe- festival. The, the marketing of it is a Mid-Autumn Film Night talk. And prior to our conversation now and the conversations to come, there was a series I did last year called Rad Cafe um, based that was uh, interviews with these members of this uh, cohort I did for C- the C project around political education and co-learning. And every every conversation, I'd, I'd have like about 10, 15 minutes of like just banter uh, because I'm like, people are people before they are like the thing they're being interviewed about. So it's like, yeah, yeah what what's your costume? What's a, what's your take on spice lattes or whatever? Do you, what other like October season takes are there? To everyone listening, this is my first ever podcast I'm recording. So <laughs> Tree has been Congrats, more Derek. than, wh- thank you, thank you. Applause, applause, confetti, confetti. Tree has been awesome in leading me into the podcast world and starting off with this wonderful, wonderful banter and icebreaker moments. And we are Moff. Moff and M-A-F-N. Talk. We'll call it Moff and Talk. M-A-F-N Talk. It kind of sounds like Muffin Talk. It's kinda... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Muffin. That'll be the though. joke. Muffin or Muffin? You never know. Maybe that'll be the logo. A muffin <laughs> with like a little two reels and a projector. <laughs> Have you guys heard of Muffin Talk? They got muffins. Maybe next time we'll have muffins. So a little bit about me. <laughs> Just change the subject a little bit. Me, 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 me. I am a <laughs> Twin Cities-based actor. I just graduated from the University of Minnesota Duluth, their BFA acting program, 
last year and I've been in Minneapolis for about a year now and I've done a bunch of things around the cities with History Theater, Theater Moo, the National Theater for Children, Six Elements Theater. I've done plays, I've done musicals, uh, but the dream has always been film and TV. So I am very exciting news. Next month, the end of November, I am moving into hopefully an apartment in the Los Angeles area to pursue my dream of being a film TV actor. And which is sounds, thank you, thank you. It sounds amazing to say out loud. I mean, I've been in Minnesota since I was born. So 23 years I've been here and I'm ready to just jump ship and try it out as they say. What is life if you don't go after what you want, right? So that's what I'm doing. Hell yeah, Derek. I'm glad that you are taking that leap for yourself, um, being bold, being brave, as uh, theater you, artists you. like yourself ought to be, should uh, aspire and do, aspire to be and are. Oh, I forgot to say, I am also Cambodian-American. I know it's like, oh, what's your ethnicity? Who are you? Where do you come from? But I think it's something to fun to recognize that um, Cambodian-Americans, we're here, we're, we're doing stuff, and uh, there's not many of us in the creative world and i would love to see more of us there and uh yeah that's one of my missions as a cambodian american artist is to to hopefully inspire other cambodians to chase this thing and make it a career because god knows i'm doing it as much as i can that's also another aspect of myself very important aspect uh very important to 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 express that aspect to um want more of that of more cambodians around the world doing art cool art things like yourself Let's see. I, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you a few questions here, quick, but I'll quickly introduce myself. Hi, everyone. I'm Tree. Um, T-R-I. Hi, Tree. He, hello. He pronouns are good, and I am the cultural organizer over at the Seed Project, the the org that hosts this podcast and does do a lot of things around um, arts and storytelling for Southeast Asians. I don't know if y'all know many other Southeast Asian orgs that do specifically arts and storytelling, creative stuff for Southeast Asians. Please contact me. I want to get connected with those folks. It seems like there are only so many of us. I don't know how many orgs like that there are besides the Seed Project. So uh, hit me up in my contact in the description. I, I imagine when people look at my name, they're like, oh, this this, this is an ethnic guy. But do you feel... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, this is an ethnic guy. His name is Tree. <laughs> oh, and then people will be like, this guy's name is Try or Trey. And Try, um, Trey. Hey, Trey. <laughs> it's like... And I'm like, how do you get the tray? It's like, I think people can't decide between tree or try. So they go in the middle, the middle sound. And um, yeah. Yeah. I remember I the first time I met you and you said your name was tree. I was like, whoa. Because I, I first met tree, day, sunny, all these and names that came out of nowhere. And I've always been, I guess, this, well, this is just a fact. I've been surrounded by white people in the theater arts community until I started working with you guys which was amazing. So having these names also exist in that space and recognizing that I think is an awesome thing. It's very awesome. And I'll quickly, uh, for, for the audience, uh, the, the names that Derek mentioned are uh, folks who, um, during this past summer, we did this thing called Sea uh, Echoes, S-E-A, standing for Southeast Asian Echoes Through Rivers, which is the name of like the Southeast Asian theater, street theater thing that we did, where it's all Southeast Asians. And um, yeah, it's the, the names that Derek listed were some other collaborators and, and the uh, local theater artists um, in that production. Great time. I got to play a goose. <laughs> yes, a very Dream role. 
<laughs> yeah, you you had a, you had a honking good time, I'm sure. Um, honking. Um, give us your best time. honk. <laughs> give us your best honk from that, honk. that era. <laughs> <laughs> honk, 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 honk. Tal- no, Tal- it was talent. Uh, what were, were the talent scouts are just like clamoring for you now? They're like, oh, oh my god, god. I, I heard through the grapevine this guy was honking on this podcast. Oh, that's why I'm going to LA. Actually, they saw me as a goose, and they're gonna put me in the next, <laughs> next Disney Pixar um, whatever Disney Pixar movie starring goose. <laughs> Cambodian goose. That would be amazing. Com- yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I would love that. But how many instances have there been where someone, you know, how like a job job interviews or whatever, you send in the resume and they don't see your face, and then they see you and they're like, "Oh, is this this?" Have you had an instance where someone you've submitted something, they saw your name? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've worked in the the food business since I was like fifteen. Um, so I've worked at like Culver's, Chipotle, um, Cadoba. Sorry if you hear a dog barking. Um, and Olive Garden. And I've used my like my name on applications and my name, Derek, isn't necessarily associated with the Asian American community. So I'd, I've never really had to run into going to, into an interview and feeling like they were expecting someone white and they got someone Asian and they immediately felt, you know, not. I felt uncomfortable that I was there, mostly because I think on the applications it asked it asked my ethnicity anyway. So I always put Asian. So I felt like they knew that I was going to be Asian. And even in the fil- in the, even in the food community, ethnicity doesn't really. I think I guess it depends on what job you're going for. And I never had to experience that, thankfully. But because I know some people have experienced that, I'm sure you've experienced that with your name being Tree. So have you? I mean, yeah, it's just like I feel like most of the time it's just mild. You know, I, I imagine like it's not it's, it hasn't been anything. Well, who's to say? Maybe I'm burying some some challenging moments where where it was more than for the most part. I don't think like my name or has been that much of a barrier in any way. And and I wasn't trying to like impose like that pressure on you to dig through your mind. And be like, oh, was there was that moment like a microaggression or something <laughs> oh, like that? Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because you're because you, you also have your last name hawk which is like also not like a common anglo name so like it's still very present there no i've definitely experienced now that you but i forgot about my last name for a second <laughs> i was like my first name easy peasy i'm white as the day my last name oh i'm asian as the day for completely forgot about that because growing up they would always pronounce it hack but it's pronounced hawk and my siblings and my cousins and i would always correct people but then we got to a point where we would just get so tired and at least for me i would stop correcting people i'd be like yeah it's hack because I'm just like, there's no W there. So obviously, phonetically, it makes sense to say hack instead of hawk. But it is hawk, like the bird. Well, now y'all know. This is on the record, you know. At least now you just now you just tell people to listen to this podcast. Like, hey, you got my name wrong. Listen to this entire podcast to redeem yourself. <laughs> For these five seconds. And then they'll catch it. They'll be like, oh, shit. No, but while but while you're listening, listen to the rest of the podcast anyways. This is this is how we're going to promote the podcast. Every time someone gets your name wrong, you tell them, okay, you got my name wrong. In order to redeem yourself, you have to listen to the entire podcast. <laughs> Moffin Talk, episode one, get there or be square. Tree, what is your last name? Vo. Vo. And this is not us. Uh, yeah, has a what? It has an Asian spice to it. It gets spicier because <laughs> like you think it was a me- it's a medium level spice. It's actually, it's a little, not a little hot, hotter. Uh, just like with, with Hawk, um, it's actually Va or Va. Um, because, Aww. because like we take out the, for the sake of anglicizing, we don't have some markers and in Vietnamese, the, the O in English is an aw sound in Vietnamese. So. I have noticed that. That's great. 
why does it make sense to have Asian last names be spice levels in terms of how Asian it is? It just kind of makes sense. Like what you said, medium spice level there. I was like, oh, yeah, totally makes sense. Our yeah. names, medium spice level. Uh, yeah. It, well, medium spice level in the sense of like when you're when you're anglicizing it, when you have like the English version of it, that's the, the medium spice, but you get to know the, the real pronunciation, like it's a couple bumps spicier. How do you feel about um, doing theater arts? What uh, what brought you in to that world? Yeah, so I started doing theater my junior year of high school. I took an intro to theater class and I because I needed an elective. And then after that, I it was the only class that I sort of looked forward to the most. And I've been taking class after class in high school. And then I did my first play. And then I only auditioned for one BFA program. And that was the University of Minnesota Duluth. And I made the decision if I got into the program, I would pursue acting fully. And if I didn't get into the program, then I would go into business or something science-y because I felt the pressure like many I guess Asian Americans feel the pressure to be successful for their parents so that they can give their parents a life that, you know, like give back to them because I, I love them so much and I thank them so much and I want to find a way to do that. Not that you can't do that with arts, but it's it's definitely harder for sure, I think. So I got into the program, thankfully, and then it was just four years of um, going back and forth. Am I in the right career? Am I doing the right thing? And then after I graduated, I'm still thinking, am I doing the right thing? But one project after another, you know, it makes it easier to be like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to continue doing. So money will come and go. And what matters is if I'm enjoying my life. And I think my parents, I've always felt like, oh, I should give back to them, you know, money and success and prowess, and then they'll be proud of me. But it's moreover, they just want me to be happy too. So it took me a while to realize that because if I wasn't happy, then, you know, what's the, what's the point? Not to get super deep there, but that was my journey into theater arts. What's what's your story, Tree? How did you get to where you are? <laughs> I think deep is good. I think deep is good. And I, um, the thing that I'm, thank you for being willing to share share like your arc um, as a, as so far around your relationship to theater arts. And totally. I and I'm starting to realize with this conversation um, with Muffin Talk. I know at the start, like um, for the audience, Derek and I have been planning a little bit. Uh, trying to see with Moffin, right? Uh, for folks who don't, because this podcast will exist long after Moffin, for folks who might visit it in the future listening, I'm going to do this quick de uh, informative detour of um, Moffin or Mid-Asian Film Night in 2022. Um, we screened, we had, we invited various uh, film artists, whether um, mainly directors and such, to submit films to for this event to be screened at on October 14th, uh, 2022. And it was, it was a great time. Uh, uh, we we have some of the films on our Seed Vimeo showcase. If you want to visit that, see, see in the description. And I'm starting to realize this conversation um, doesn't need to be about just just the films or just like the process of of the of the event. So much as like celebrating, like both in front of the camera, behind the camera, on stage or off stage, what performance arts and film arts mean to Southeast Asian people. And that's. Um, I'm starting to see like the value of having this podcast be a, a, a platform for people to just share like what their relationship is to performance arts, why it matters to them, as well as their relationship to uh, their Southeast Asian heritage, culture, and maybe like the the struggles that come with being in the States and doing arts, whether it's film arts or theater arts and being around mostly white people or just like non, non Southeast Asian people um, and what that means. And so sorry to like do that kind of like 
not, I'm not sorry about it, but like that, that's just like a little informative detour in my brain of like seeing the direction of this conversation, which is like organic. I'm not trying to like, no, I definitely see that too. You're right. You're right. Cause I, cause we could talk about that film night and what films happened that night and et cetera, et cetera. Or you could just go and watch the films. And then I, I, I agree with the importance of, you know, the films in the first place and seeing representation on the screen and this being another platform for representation to be thrown into the world and having someone who's maybe, you know, younger listening to this and see if they can relate to these experiences or older, who cares, you know, human beings, you know, listen to these experiences and relate or to glean or learn something that feels like, oh, I'm not the only one experiencing what I'm experiencing. And I think that's a human thing that we should celebrate and continue to strive for. So I agree with the, that this the shift that has happened in this podcast has been a beautiful thing. I'm glad you feel as beautiful because I know that, uh, and I, and me doing that detour wasn't me like talking at you being like, Oh, we got to ship now because of whatever. It was just like, I'm realizing this is probably a more interesting route to take. Yeah, no, no. I, I felt, I felt, I feel what you're putting down tree. I'm picking up what you're throwing. I don't know where that came from. Tree. Why do you think it's important to, showcase Southeast and Southeast Asian stories, not only on screen, but maybe on stage or even through a podcast. Why do you think it's important? Well, we are certainly a, well, when I say we Southeast Asian peoples, um, you know, there's that, that, that phrase of like, we are not a monolith. We are not like homogenous. We're not the same. And there's a lot of variety and a lot of diversity, so to speak, among Southeast Asians. And Southeast Asia is just a region of the world, a region of Asia. I'll, I'll start there that doesn't get isn't as understood or mis, it's misunderstood and, and less uh, popularized or has fewer like you think of Northeast Asia I'll, I'll say Northeast Asia and when I say Northeast Asia I mean what people think of as East Asia like China Korea Japan like those countries especially Korea and Japan nowadays um, have entertainment industries that are global people know about Japan and Korea because of like they're very global whether it's k-pop or anime or whatever um, but yeah. you don't really have that like with Southeast Asia. Funimation. Funimation, yeah. For for the anime viewers out there. Um, in Crunchyroll and all that. And then like Netflix, like making pumping out like anime original content now. Um, so people have like that kind of touch point with those countries in that way, but you don't really have that for Southeast Asia. Um also this idea and you know, Southeast Asia is a very fairly like impoverished region of of Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, there's like other conversations to go into that, but like to answer your question more directly. Um, I think it's important for us to feel like we can tell tell the stories of our of our people, but also know that we can't tell the full story because like for us here in America, who not living in Southeast Asia, we can tell our version of our story of being Southeast Asian in America. And that's its own complicated truths and realities separate from so so, you know, it's, it's important to like, inspire other people to to tell their stories because um, our star, our stories are just one of many. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, not to self-promo myself, but I did write a show called Between. It's a one-man show that I've worked on in college and I've produced and I've done concert readings of. And basically the premise of it is being between cultures growing up in America with this um, Southeast Asian, or at least for myself, a Cambodian perspective, you know, feeling that you're part of this culture, but then going to school and feeling you're part of this other culture and finding your place in between both of those, you know, latching onto something from, you know, growing up in America, latching onto something from your parents and your family being from Cambodia, 
and trying to create your own identity for yourself, I think is a struggle that many Asian Americans have dealt with and are continuing to deal with. Like even right now as a theater artist in this community, um, that's part of the reason why I'm also moving is yes, there we have like theater moo here. We have a bunch of amazing work that's coming out for the Asian American community, but also just for the film market too. I just want to go to Los Angeles and give it a shot. And that's always something that's been nagging at me. And I know I've, I've received a lot of like, oh, don't go to LA because of this and don't go to LA because of that and stay in the cities because we have all of this and all of that. But there's just something that I have to do. You know, I guess it's hard to explain. <laughs> and you don't have to explain yourself. I think if, if you want to go there and you want to, uh, uh, do how do you give it that old post college try or whatever the the phrase is? Then you, you have every right try. to. Yeah. When I was your age, I was. <laughs> I'll put that away. Well, we're not going to bring out the old man voice right now. That's what that's the one of my voices that I use in a lot of my improv is, <laughs> Mister Old Man. <laughs> Fun. You also do some improv improv theater then. Yeah, I've done improv since like high school. I I love improv. I haven't been able to do much of it since getting out of school, which I should do more of because I think it's something that it's one of the best things I think you can do as a performer because you use improv everywhere, even just in daily life. I think the skills it teaches you to build on top of what someone is giving you and not denying it. The good old yes and is how you create something amazing. Like even right now, this podcast, we're using improv skills. We're using yes and. We're like, Yes, and then this is my experience. But what about your experience? And it's always a give and take. Agreed, and I'm glad that you um, laid laid out that, that kind of very simple, fundamental beauty of improv being like building with one another and just being uh, constructing based on the yes and not not like saying like kind of redirect, like going with the flow and like uh, enjoying the ride, uh, being proactive and enjoying that ride and building that ride, <laughs> so to speak. Um, yeah, because I I did some improv at Huge Theater and. Wait, wait, wait! You, I do, I do know where that is. Yes, yes, yes. Um, have you been able to have Have you been able to attend there at all? They have like this BIPOC improv jam. Um, I don't know if you heard about that. Oh, no, I've never heard of that. I should, I should get out more. I'm going to now go. <laughs> Thank you for telling me. <laughs> yeah, I can let you know after what how uh, about that. But yeah, amazing. Uh, Sotri, what is what is your dream job? Not to throw a blanked question at you but like do you want to be an actor do you want to be on stage one day what do you hope to achieve yeah it's a achievement's a funny thing with asians right i mean we i think with yeah. asians we're, we're taught to like achieve well for for yourself you, you uh, earlier you talked about how um you know we want to be able to take our care of our family and the arts is not a very forgiving place for that sort of thing much it's not very forgiving for to help us take care of ourselves right and exactly <laughs> Right. The idea of achievement um, is a tough one. If I were to answer your question directly, I feel like any job is just a, is a, is a day job. It's like you, you do it, you do it well, you use your skills to do it well, and, and you pay your bills. But that's not to say you can't have fun doing that job. You can like, I could say I want to make punk rock music. Like that's the thing I tell people. I really like making really loud political music. Um, but I, that doesn't mean like I can't do like this nonprofit work and enjoy it as well. I also just understand that if things on the especially tough days that you're you still need to go out and do the job and like be able to pay your bills and like um there's no j job that will there's no dream job that will help make 
that reality, like make those hard days any, any less hard sometimes. So sometimes you have to keep that in your pocket, this perspective in your pocket that even the dream jobs need to, are, are, um, are meant to pay the bills in some way or another. Right. Um, though on a lighter fact, I suppose like that, the, if I could do something where I don't have to think about the bills, it would be having some musicians to play with and I can like make music that I enjoy making and, and having audience that will dance to it. And, um, I do, I do bits of theater performance and such, but it's mostly out of like this raw, raw, not talent, but like raw skill ability to, to be a performer, but all that I would like for that to be more focused on music. Anyways, um, I could say more, but I'll keep it. I'll pause there. No, yeah. That, thank you for sharing that. I, did, I personally didn't know that about you. So this is, this is amazing to hear you say it, you know, out loud to do music and do, you know, just to vibe with people. I think is an amazing thing to want because this day and age we are just so driven by like oh what what job can i get that's gonna give me money that i can work 30 hours and then go home and then watch netflix and then go to bed but like the things we enjoy doing is you know going to concerts and like for some people going out and being with people and dancing and listening to music and you know vibing with people and making memories and those kinds of things because those are the things we're going to take away I hope when we when we die or when we look back at our life when we're like 85, oh yeah, my memories of being 20 and with my friends at a karaoke bar, at a dive bar in Northeast Minneapolis and, you know, vibing with them. So it, I think it's an amazing thing to want to strive for that or achieve that. And I feel like it's not necessarily a proud thing to talk about when you're like, oh, I want to, you know, create music. I want to act. I want to have fun with my life for a living that's not something you hear people do a lot. I mean, some people do. What am I trying to say? You know what I mean? <laughs> You're catching my vibe. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. How much of like the, the work of being a career theater artist do you think it is that is just like pure, pure fun. Oh, I, I don't know how to phrase the question because like, what do the hard days of being a theater artist look like where you, and not, not just about the money, but like you don't want to do a role or you feel like you're kind of compromising your actor quality by like taking on like some roles that are beneath you or something. Do you feel like there are mm -hmm. days like that where like the job, you have to do something for the sake of paying your bills and it like compromises the fun or like the, that part, that, the, the positive parts of that job of that work? Oh, all work. the time. I, it's like, I feel like it's moments more than, it could be days, it could be days long where you're, I don't know, you're alone and you're self-critical. I mean, self-tape after self-tape after self-tape and not booking, not booking, not booking is, you know, and just going to school and comparing yourself to people you've gone to school with for four years straight. It's it's hard not to compare yourself to those people because like, why did that person get that role and I didn't get this role and why am I being pigeonholed into these roles and all these things that you can be self-critical about. So there are definitely hard days as an artist to be like, gosh, I'm just, why can't I be this? Why am I too small for that? Why am I too big for that? Why am I, you know, Asian for this and then Asian for that? So no, there's definitely been roles in the past where I have felt less inspired by than others, but any chance to perform is a chance to perform. And as an actor, you don't get many chances for that. So I think I th I think it's a matter of what it's like a matter of what you look how you look at it, and how happy you will be if you take each chance to perform as a chance to perform and to try something different, make new choices, and sometimes making yourself laugh based on your own performance is it can be a 
a beautiful thing and can make you feel better about being in this self-critical career because it can be quite exhausting. So I'm not sure if I answered your question, but <laughs> that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> or I continue to think about because there's definitely, yeah, I would love to. The dream is to be like having a, a spot on a TV show and get residual pay and to dive into a character and have new scenes written for that character and, and no one has ever interpreted interpreted this character before and you know you're the one creating it and that's like an artist dream at least for me other people have different dreams some people want to be on broadway some people want to you know create an album some people you want to be in a band you know it's like whatever is curious to you you got to go chase that and on the way there you you deal with some jobs that can be demeaning but they don't necessarily have to be not all of them have to be i played a squirrel i played and that was so fun to do, you know? <laughs> so there's things, there's lights in every little thing you can do, I think. How was that squirrel gig? <laughs> like It was great. I got to talk about acorns and teach kids how to uh, save money for the future. Oh, cute. So I know it was, it was pretty great. Yeah. You, do you think that was a surprise role? Did you, did you, um, did, did, uh, did, was that a role that fell that you came across like while searching? I don't. I don't even know what the question is. But 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 do you think? Yeah. You would, well, I did. Yeah, but... I did the. I did that with the National Theater for Children. So sometimes we film um, skits here and there for um, to teach kids about you know certain subjects, whether that be financial literacy or mental health or the environment. Um, so acting for kids is a is a whole different um, ball game than you know acting on stage and acting for film is a whole different ball game than for acting on stage. So it's being able to mold yourself to these different art forms, I think is the word that I'm looking for. Audiences uh, or contexts. Audiences. Yeah. And some people find doing those kinds of things. Some might enjoy, you know, film more than theater and some people might enjoy acting for kids more than, you know, doing Ibsen or Shakespeare. And some people love Shakespeare. Some people hate Shakespeare. So you got to try it and do it. And then you can, you know, I think develop your opinion on, oh, this isn't for me. And sometimes it's like, oh, it isn't for me, but it also pays the bills. And I'd rather do this than, you know, serve tables. So it's like a give and take all the time. What are you willing to do? What are you not willing to do? And finding that line by doing. Because it's so easy to sit in your room and, you know, think, oh, Think, 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 but go out and do, 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 do. That's right. That's um, that's probably like the biggest takeaway. There's so much room for to to think yourself into paralysis, and then like you doing things that you don't want to do can be tough the first time, but like you got to keep doing it to yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm not trying to like be pedantic. <laughs> do, do. Or, <laughs> do, do. Um, do, do. Earlier you said uh, you wish, what was the phrase, like residual money? Well, it doesn't have to be the money part, but just like have a role. Like you, it sounds yeah. like you're orienting yourself towards like more. Uh, Stability, that's what I'm craving. Right. And like, uh, do you feel, in terms of like industry, you're, you you want to move towards more film and TV, media, commercial media? Yeah, any, anything in that realm. I think A, I, I think it pays better and B, I something I've always wanted to do. I always say my favorite place in the world is the movie theater because it transports you to new worlds which I love. Um, and also just doing new work is something I've always, because I'm also a writer. So being in that world where new work is produced, I would hope for one day to 
help produce new work? Because I feel like we do the same stories over and over again. Like how many guys and dolls, how many, you know, Wicked, how many, I'm just naming musicals now, but those are great and those are amazing to watch and everyone's interpretation can be different, but it's still at the end of the day, the same story. So I'm, I'm, I want to be on the forefront of new stories. How do you feel about that? Do you, about, because I feel like Moffin was, you know, new work, new stories. And in order to change, I guess, representation, you have to create something new. Agreed. And because Moffin is is like not not the uh, theater work, right? It's people filming with using the camera as like the the perspective, the lens through which we see performers, not on like in any the stages anywhere. It's the stage is like a documentary where you have uh, Cambodian people who are like in the there's a man whose family is being torn apart by the deportation process, or there's like a dance, like a very experimental experimentalist, like a, a dance film about a vietnamese woman who's cutting her hair in order to like save uh to raise money to bring her sister from vietnam over to the states like these these are stories that you don't get to see in on stage much less in film or commercial media they're also still very niche very like independent artists and yeah how do we support whether you're a theater artist or a film artist or or whatever um, in front of a camera or on stage, how do we how do we support one another to make those new works while finding like money, whether through like a nonprofit or something, to like make sure you can pay your own bills because it's hard to like it's easy to get someone to. I mean, people will buy the new phone or whatever because like it's it's an everyday useful thing, but like art is like the perspective of one person sharing like something very specific and trying to make get people to like give money to that is a hard hard thing, and so it's hard not to mm-hmm. think about the money when 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 it determines whether you live another day. No, okay, I'm not gonna get that more, but, but whether you're able to like have a good quality of life to, 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 to think and breathe, have room to think and breathe as an artist to like be bold and ambitious with your, with your art. Um, you need to be able to have that money to, to have that breathing room, I guess. No, yeah, I totally agree. I, <laughs> earlier I came across a TikTok, not to bring up TikTok, but sometimes I am on the TikTok. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying that as if I'm like 35, I'm like 23. Of course I'm on t- of course I'm on TikTok, but I came across this video of uh, a Broadway artist who was giving advice to, you know, like younger artists who are in high school or who are in college and what he was saying is that to find something else you're passionate about so that you can make money from that in order to pursue what you are also super passionate about, which is, you know, performing comfortably so that when you walk into an audition room or you walk into like a job um, audition thing, you have that idea of like, oh, I don't need this to make money. I just, I'm here to see if I can, you know, do it and get it. And I don't need the money, but I would love the opportunity because if you walk in there as an artist saying, oh, I need the money, I need the money, I need the money, then that just adds this, you know, desperation, which is something I wish I sort of like knew because, he runs a photography business and he's an actor on Broadway. So then he goes into these auditions and he doesn't necessarily need them because he makes enough money with his photography business. So it's like finding multiple things you're passionate about and not throw all your eggs into one basket of like, oh, I am only an actor. I will only do acting, which is <laughs> something that I'm experiencing and realizing now as a 23-year-old you know, recent grad. What else can I do? What else am I passionate about? And even like doing this podcast right now, I really sort of enjoy this, you know, conversation that we are having. So who knows, maybe I will run with this and see how far it takes me. And hopefully I can, you know, have value in it and then monetize that. But yeah. I think you answered your own question from earlier, Derek, the one that you, the, the, that you asked me of like, what, what is your dream job? And I think you just said, yeah, it's, a, it, you're, as an artist, you can do many things. You can, you can also have a day job, whether you're like, whether it's an office job or like a service sector job. 
and you don't have to like hate it. You you can find ways to have like little bits of fun in it, and maybe that can that day job can also inform your art, or other parts of your life can inform your art, and just being open to. But also having you can have a photography job and and like uh, do do acting and do like painting portraiture. You um, there's you're not limited to just you're not defined by just like what pay what pays the bills or what what uh, what art thing brings in some kind of revenue, right? You you can be defined by the thing that you do. You don't have to be defined by anything. Like the, you hear me like every every sense that comes out of my mouth, I'm I'm like taking a pause and be like, eh, that's not totally true. Um, and that discovery of like having these conversations. And maybe that's like something you're discovering those things. Yes. Cause like we don't have all the answers. Sometimes I might say something and who knows, maybe I've said something in this podcast to in five years from now, 10 years from now, I'm like, why, why did I think that way? <laughs> or why did I, you know, think about that? And I was totally wrong about that. I mean, that's how you know you're growing is when you look back on something you've done like two years ago, three years ago. And you're like, Oh God, that, cr- that makes me cringe, you know? <laughs> Cause then you're like, Oh, I'm different now. And I'd rather feel, I'd rather feel that way than like, yeah, that was the best I did. I'm still doing that kind of same level of work. You know, it's, you want to crave, oh, past me was so cringy. Oh, why did he do his hair like that? Why did, well, that's a different story, (laughs) but I shaved my head. You can't, you can't see it, but I did shave my head this October because fun fact, I've been cutting my hair for two years, three years since COVID started because I don't know about you, Tree, but growing up, you know, with Asian hair in this, in the Minnesota is going to get your haircut. I've gone through so many bad haircuts before and I wanted to learn how to do it myself. And I tried a different style. End of story. I tried a different style. I shaved my head. Here we are again with the shaved head look. Well, it looks nice. I mean, it's not, oh, for odd... <laughs> well, to be honest, it doesn't look shaved. It looks very, the hair is yes. very much there. <laughs> it's growing. It's growing quicker. That's good. You said it, you shaved it this October, like this, like early, early uh, this month. I think end of September. I I lied. See, I lied there. I'm a I'm a compulsive liar. I'm not. I'm not a compulsive liar. I shaved it end of September. Yeah, that's still that's moment. still like Octoberish. Okay. Yeah, basically. What about your hair? Your hair is glorious. Oh, thank. I you. thought about growing I mean, my hair out after like meeting you. I was like, oh, I need to grow my hair out. Well, thank you. I actually had it. Uh, this whole long hair thing is a very recent thing itself. I think. Um. It kind of comes with some gender stuff in the past few years, but I, I am, he, I use he, him, well, ask, I say he ask pronouns, but the, my long hair was kind of the whole, um, with anyways, we're not going to get into that for, for now, but, yeah, but that's but, a whole um, different, that's a whole box we can get into. <laughs> that's right. She's um, like, let's walk past that for now. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but I appreciate you saying that. And yeah, let's see. I also wanted to say, you know, the, our past may be cringy, but there will be, there are moments like maybe there you'll two maybe a few months from now, like a few years from now, you'll look at this podcast and be like, wow, I'm really glad that I was thinking about it like that so that I can, I'm here now because I, uh, I committed to this idea. Like maybe a few years from now, you're going to be like going to California was a good idea for me to grow in whatever way. Um, and, and I'm glad that younger Derek made that decision and like had these ideas so that that helped me be here I am. So it's not like everything we do is cringy. There will be moments where we there's worth celebrating things that we yeah, thought of right yeah. now. Yeah, that are worth celebrating. You're right. You're right. See, even right there, you changed my way of thinking. I was like, everything we do when you're younger is cringy and bad. And you're like, but some things are beautiful. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's just great. I'm learning a lot. I'm glad. It's, all, it's, it's We shouldn't be hard on ourselves. 
we shouldn't be hard on ourselves in the moment. It's it's hard to know what is good, bad, or what, and and like also not to judge ourselves in the moment. It's hard to not do that, yeah, or yeah, to not judge ourselves. Yeah, I'm reading this book right now called The Artist Way. I highly recommend it to any artist who feels like they're blocked. But one of the sayings in it that came to me when you just said that was, "To treat yourself as if you were precious will make you strong," because it's so easy to treat ourselves as if like. I have to go through all these hardships. I have to be hard on myself in order to be strong. But no, treat yourself sometimes as if you were a child, like younger you. What what did you like when you were younger? Like if you liked sugar cookies and the shapes of, you know, those Halloween and those little ghosts, you know what I'm talking about from like Target, yeah. mm-hmm. then buy those for like younger you who enjoyed that. Older you will obviously enjoy that. And sometimes you have to treat yourself with care and precious and as if you were a seven-year-old so that you can be strong and that you can be in a position to do what you desire to do in the day, you know, because if you're so hard on yourself all the time, then you're not really enjoying life, are you? That's right. And this is the one life we have to enjoy, but also to, to there will be many moments, many, lo- maybe the seasons of struggle that will make life feel like it's not that precious. And it's, um, and yet it will still be precious, maybe even especially during those like long seasons of struggle, where you really have to hold on to, to this 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 sense of like it is it's still precious even now even when it's like super super hard Hmm. this has been an awesome like (laughs) life self-help coaching experience and i'm living for it i I love it i used to read a lot of self-help books and i'm reading one right now who's who who am i kidding i didn't used to i still do it's called like atomic habits it's about you know habituals habituals it's how to build habits atomically and I think I'm one of the people who are obsessed with how can I live my life better, which sometimes can be a downfall because then it feels like you're not living your life adequately at all if you're not doing all of these things. But if you pick up one of these things from the book or if you pick up anything from this podcast and apply it to your life in a positive way, I think that's all you can do in a day. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You got to pace yourself. Like there's a lot of advice and pointers and like good advice and bad and it's just so easy to get flooded and and feel like you have to if you don't like apply all these good ideas like immediately and do it well then you're a bad person and it's like no you have every right to pace yourself to even to to slip up and not do the bat not do the habit correctly i i will switch i do want to do a little switch gear though i wanted to invite uh any yeah. any like uh, uh closing thoughts around that closing thoughts around oh the idea of like um about treating your life as an artist or otherwise as, as precious. And even in seasons of struggle, like knowing that your life is mm. precious and not to beat yourself up with that in mind. I mean, yeah. I mean, just realizing that you you're here for, you don't even know how long. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of dark and morbid, but something bad could happen to you. This is really dark. Oh my God. No, please. No, <laughs> something bad could happen to you go tomorrow. So like, what do you want to do today? What is going to make you happy? And, whether that means, you know, performing or doing something in the arts world or could be even as simple as like going outside and or hanging out with your friends or something simple along those lines. You have to sometimes take yourself outside of your body and realize how you're feeling. Yes, you must astro project. You must be Doctor Strange. You must go outside your body and <laughs> look at yourself from that area and see, realize, why am I feeling this way? Oh, this is why. How can I change that? How can I do something to make me feel better? Um, I think has helped me in the artist world a ton or even just growing up as a 23-year-old right now is to realize 
how I'm feeling, why I'm feeling that way. How can I make changes in order to feel better? And the answers always present themselves eventually. <laughs> Those are my closing thoughts. What are your closing thoughts, Tree? Well, I would just add to what you said, like they, things will sh reveal themselves eventually so long as you do the do <laughs> and not just think the think. <laughs> Don't think, 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 think. Just do, 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 do. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's my closing thoughts with that. And I was kind of holding on to this um, this shift in topic for a bit because it um, I wasn't sure. So this is the seed project, right? Southeast Asian mm -hmm. diaspora project. And then there's this awkward, this awkward thing of like, we just had like a very rich conversation about like how to treat ourselves like in a precious way and to uh, give ourselves, give ourselves a lot of grace and uh, encouragement through like seasons of struggle. And these are very like universal things, right? And every, these are lessons anybody can get. How does our relationship to our Southeast Asian, whatever, I don't even know if like, I need to like say like, how does that apply to this? Like, it just feels like there's an awkward feeling I have of like, do we just shift into that? Because that's not like a, like how, how much do we, do we owe people or owe ourselves this conversation around like Southeast Asian-ness um, when it's already difficult enough to like live as artists without that aspect, right? Uh, to, 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 to treat ourselves well as artists without having to be like, oh, we're also this ethnicity or come from this land that has all these histories of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I, I exactly know the feeling you're feeling right now because it's, oh, I'm an Asian artist. I need to do Asian art. I need to do this for my ancestors. I need to represent my community. We are fighting the good fight. And then another part of me is like, okay, but I just want to be an artist. I just, you know, I want to, you know, be in Little Woman and play Laurie on stage, which I did, which was so fun. But like, sometimes you just don't want, you know, to be boxed into this little box that sometimes we put ourselves into of, I'm an Asian artist. I do Asian things. I mean, it is your type and people do see that. And for commercial work, those are things that are undeniable and you might be cast into certain things. Sometimes you have to bite the bullet and be like, okay, I am Asian. This is how the world perceives me. This is the job that I'm taking. Part of me is like super sad about it. But then another part of me is like, oh, I do like the check. You know, sometimes you guys, someone told me one day, you just got to shut up and take the money sometimes. But in the sense of this mission of showcasing asian american stories i i feel like it's it's counterintuitive to be self-conscious about it at all you know sometimes which is very hypocritical after saying how, how self-conscious i am about it i think what i the process of thinking that i just went through just sums up the entire the entirety of how i'm feeling i i don't necessarily have an answer for that i think i i feel both ends of that conversation of like we must represent and then another part is like we just got to be who we are because I grew up here. I grew up in Carver, Minnesota. I ne I've never gone to Cambodia. And here I am, you know, like making this part of my identity. And it is in a sense, but it's some days is different than others, I think is what I'm trying to say. My thinking always shifts back and forth. What about you, Tree? <laughs> I think you're right on the money with like just how um, not cut and dry it is. Just like with the question about like, what's your dream job like e even if we we are forced to have a relation forced to have a relationship with money it's kind of hard to just have like a pure art life just as i imagine our relationship with money and other things makes it hard to just have like a pure relationship with our ethnic heritage or like asian americanness like we have to like you got to take the check and that check will come with 
will will it's because you like played an asian role or something like that and it's kind of hard to just and so like both both things are very very challenging uh having one day you feel one way one day that you feel the other i think like i i would shift i'm not answering your question like how do i feel um well i'm 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 i'm, I'm doing my best to also yeah you're doing your best yeah yeah, yeah. uh it's a hard it's a hard question it really just like makes you makes you think well, well here, here do you think you have do you feel like you get to be in conversation with other asians around this whether and, and i mean that's one question another question is what do you do you think there's a d difference between like being asian american versus southeast asian american versus being cambodian american versus being Derek? <laughs> i don't know like i yeah it's definitely like masks you wear in certain situations because sometimes, you know, I'm just Derek, you know, when I'm with my friends, it's just they've been with me for like five years now. They know me and I just who I am and race doesn't really necessarily come up most of the times. But if I'm with my family, then it's a different mask. If I'm in a predominantly white creative space doing a show, it's a different mask. If I'm in a predominantly Southeast Asian room, then it's a different mask. But then, you know, it, it's it's hard because you're like, oh, I just want to be me. I just want to, you know, be transparent as possible, but I feel like it's hard not to to feel or shift your way of thinking when you're surrounded by other people who also have opinions and you know those opinions. When I'm surrounded by Southeast Asians and when we were at that film festival, I was like, yes, Southeast Asian stories matter. Yes, prowess and, you know, fight the good fight. But then I'm, you know, going to do some other, I'm just hanging out with my friends. Then I'm not really necessarily thinking about like, oh, I'm Asian. I should do as much as I can to to let people know that and that I'm here and I'm I'm just you know like Derek I grew up here and this is you know just Minnesota for me and et cetera et cetera so I, I think it's I think it's I think we all have different masks we wear in different places which can be seen as a good or bad thing depending on how you look at it yeah that's a uh, very true yeah the different people that were around and it's all you know we're all still the same human being in each thing it's just that like hmm. do you feel the same way or different yeah. I feel the same way. Do you think we should strive to like, um, as a community, community to not have those sort of roles we fall into? Because that's something I've been, I think I've been struggling with is thinking, why do I have these roles that I play? Why am I not just myself in all of these situations? Yeah, I think we we are. Hmm, that's that's a hard one, and I can't just like answer you straight like with a like a very clean cut answer of like you are you you are yourself in each situation. You're just like emphasizing one more one part of yourself again our relationship to money we need to like sell ourselves in order to like get a job or something like that and and these roles aside not aside but rather do we get to do you feel like you get to talk about these things with other asian people or like just yeah like how often do you get to talk about these topics with other asian people and are they a certain kind of asians um no i don't get to talk about these sort of topics with people besides the only this is the most in-depth conversation I've ever had about this, you know, topic. And that's with you, who is a Southeast Asian person. Um, I definitely have friends who are people of color in the theater community that I've had similar conversations to. One of my good friends, I have, I have, had, a, I have had a similar conversation about how does she feel being a woman of color in this market and what struggles she has faced. But then I've also talked about the same sort of conversation with people who are not of color, like one of my friends, she's white and she's in this theater community and she's facing struggles because there are all these new projects coming out looking for people of color specifically because, which is a great thing, but it's also, I don't know if reverse racism is the right 
thing to say, but she's experiencing, you know, not getting enough opportunities for her. And it's hard because she has a lot of competition and she's doing amazing, by the way, but she's experienced expressed that, you know, thought and I have this thought and then another another thought. So everyone's having this, you know, fight for representation and fight for, you know, opportunity. And there's very slim pickings already in the arts community. So obviously tensions are going to be high concerning those. And we're passionate people. So it's hard to to hide how you're feeling when you're speaking because that's you're trained to, you know, be impulsive and to say what you want to say. So, yeah, I don't even remember what the question was. No, you, you, don't worry about that. I think you said um, a lot of important things just now. I, I think uh, I think I would use the word market trends for for like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Reverse racism is is a is, is a uh, tricky thing, tri- or not yeah. a, a tricky word. I would probably use market trends because right now, like the market says, I, I'm glad you brought up the that, word market because right. that's yeah, because that's what's going. There's the 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 job market for artists is like these are what the people want, what people are uh, the employers the employers are seeking, and they're looking for artists of color because the trends right now is like you want more of that for like whatever yeah. reason for yeah, which is um, awesome because we've as a as a community we've never had you know that that outlook for this amount of amount of stories for these for this group of people so it's great to have it it's refreshing but it's also people are also feeling the cost of that and yeah thank you for correcting me on reverse racism versus market trends i will incorporate that into my vocabulary now thank you for sure and and yeah no 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 knock against folks whether it's me or yourself or anyone else who like don't know what to say how to describe certain like this this is a whole new world that we're in in terms of like how to talk about any of this stuff it's all very sensitive feelings will get hurt and bank accounts will get hurt too in the process and like how do we talk about things without um sounding like we want someone out of a job so that we can have that job and stuff like that right we don't want that it's just that it's a very sensitive new world of conversation we aren't even having the conversation really i don't know how often you get even to talk about this i don't know it sounds like you were able to talk about this with like um with some people but maybe I don't know what other Asian actors are thinking. Well, I don't know many. Well, I do know some Asian actors in town, but we, when we ever get together, we don't necessarily talk about this sort of topic. At least I haven't had that experience quite yet. This is definitely one of the first experiences I've had talking about it with another, you know, Southeast Asian person. So, and I commend you, Derek, for being willing, open to like uh, going along with me and and sharing your um, your your experience of this. You're, you're we're basically modeling something, a conversation that doesn't get to be had. At all, and this is probably how it's going to look like when, like, if we were to invite people to talk to to have this conversation, this is what it's going to look like. People just like realizing, oh, there aren't many spaces to talk about this, and when it comes up, we don't feel like we're equipped to to describe or to like know how to describe what's going on, and it's just like, yeah, you know, we came into this podcast. I I invited for for I don't know for um for the audience transparency's sake, you know, the Seed Project hired Derek, contracted with Derek to uh, to record to book interviews with some of the film artists who were screen- featured at Moffin at mid mid autumn film night and you know there would be questions asked of the film artists uh to get a sense of like who they are as people and as artists however there's also kind of like what i'm starting to realize um this conversation underneath of like what things outside of like the screen outside of like the, the off the stage and outside of the screen that's happening for like the the workers the actors are workers yeah, like, film how are they living their lives and what struggles they're facing and what things they have learned and what things they are hoping for for their community, for the like arts community, but for themselves too, which I think is an amazing conversation to have. And I commend you, Tree, for for creating 
this podcast and pushing for the space. I don't know if you feel the same way, but hesitancy sometimes to feel like, oh, we have the space as Asian Americans to talk about Asian Americans. It feels very, who would want to listen to that? And like, oh, why are they doing this? But then all these random, you know, anxieties that come up, at least for me, oh, I, I don't deserve to have the space to talk. But then realizing, why not? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Why not? Well, the why not is a tricky one because we know we are sensitive. We are sensitive. Um, you, me, and other Asian artists or people, we are sensitive to this idea of like in America, we live in this country that has done so much harm to gr certain groups of people that have not been us, including us, but like other folks in in like generational ways for like a long time. And we're we're trying to figure for ourselves in as individuals, as Derek and Tree, and as like up the scale, like as Vietnamese, Cambodian people, as Southeast Asian, as Asian, what what is our relationship to this country and like the harms that it's done and the cool things that it has done that has happened here and the and it's, it's not easy to, to figure that out, you know, so like, why not? Why can't we talk about this? Yes, that's the attitude we should come in with while knowing full well, like we have a really sensitive relationship to this country. <laughs> yeah. We do. You're right. But we have to figure out how, how to talk with, with each other about this, at least among ourselves, like like here privately, so that we can figure out how to talk with people outside of our outside of our group, quote unquote. I'm, I'm curious how what the audience, if for the folks who end up listening to this podcast, um, how they'll take this kind of journey from like our start kind of us intending to like talk about this particular event and then like kind of opening up to something more, yeah. something else. Us having a, a structure and then us saying, mm, maybe not. And then just running into the darkness. <laughs> yes. Come with us. And if you listen to this far, hello and thank you for listening this far. And I hope that you have at least been entertained, if not learned, not learned something like as if we're teaching you, but like has taken our experience and using that as um, fuel for future conversations or just ways of thinking. Because I, I love listening to podcasts and getting other people's perspectives of the world and their experience because then it, it I feel like it enriches, enriches mine or at least informs it. So this has been an amazing first podcast ever for me. So thank you, Tree. Thank you, Derek. You did great. Um, I'm excited to hear your, uh, the conversations you might have with other artists. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I definitely feel uh, more equipped after doing it once and like where I, I, I know like the, you know, the stream of where I should go with these conversations and I do have them scheduled. So I will, um, here we are talking about work. <laughs> I do have them scheduled and I will uh, invite you to those. So if you would love to pop in and be a part of those conversations, I would love that. I think it's, it would be a great, you know, just space that we can create with the both of us too. Sweet. Well, audience, that's uh, what you get to look forward to um, in the next few months. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this. In the last in the Rad Cafe series for the podcast last year, there are two there are two guests, two conversations that I I got way too busy that I couldn't produce, and I hope hopefully I don't know if I'm going to be able to get those out, whether in the future or something. But I hope like I can get all the conversations for this series out, um, since now now it's Derek who runs runs the recording, and I just have to edit it, edit them. Anyways, podcasting is hard behind the scenes too. Podcasting is work as well, you know. Mm. Yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah. Any, yeah. Any closing thoughts or other thoughts, Derek? Um, I don't think so. I think we covered so much, so much, so much and, uh, go with grace, go with love, um, do your best. And then some days if you can't do your best, that's okay too. Just be kind to yourself and others. 
because we're all just trying to figure it out. Agreed. Yes. Extend that, the, the phrase, be kind to others. That's especially important for yourself. Extend that to yourself as much as you do for others. Maybe more so. Um, yeah. Thank you, Derek. Because we're, uh, all, we're all trying our best. This has been Derek. Thank you for listening. This is Trevo uh, with The Seed Project here on Fermented Feelings. Have a good night. Bye. Thank you.